I am nowhere near as cute. You are here for the children. This is awesome. Welcome this morning. My name is Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, over the last few weeks, we have been journeying through Advent. And we've been doing something as we begin in our services. And I want to invite you uh, to participate in that one more time this morning. I want you to pass, as we have passed, the hope, the love, the joy, to now this morning together pass the peace. And so I invite you to stand if you're able, and as you say this to one another, invite each other to say, the peace of Christ be with you, and then to reciprocate to the other and say, and also with you. So I invite you to stand if you are able and to pass that peace, to say, the peace of Christ be with you, and then also with you. We have journeyed through these four weeks in our Christmas in Context series. Four weeks of, of waiting, of hoping, of preparing, of longing, of anticipation of the coming Christ. I think if we're honest, if you've got kids or grandkids this morning, they are done waiting. Like they are done waiting for school to be over. They are done waiting. It is, it, can it not be Christmas already? If you have countdowns in your houses, I have never seen my kids so attentive to something. And it is every single day we are changing that number. There are seven days left till Christmas. But these weeks of Advent, they also invite us to slow down. They invite us to focus and to prepare. You see, because something great is coming. Someone great is coming. And yet in this time of waiting, in this time of anticipation for the coming Christ, these days get darker. In a literal sense, with the diminishing of light as we get closer and closer to the equinox, but also in a metaphorical sense, for some of us, this season weighs heavy on our hearts. And let's be honest this morning, as we look towards Christmas, that sometimes Christmas doesn't seem to always line up with our expectations. It doesn't seem to always line up with what we hope for. And you see, these are not themes unfamiliar to God and God's people. We read about them in the book of Isaiah. And so this morning, I invite us to pray and then let's enter into chapter 9 of Isaiah. So would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you that you came, that you will come again. And in this season of anticipation, of longing, Help us to wait, to experience the peace that passes all understanding, that peace that can only come from you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to turn your Bibles or open up your Bible app. Uh, words will be on the screen. Let me read, uh, beginning in verse 1 from the New Living Translation. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along that road that runs between Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. 
The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest as like warriors dividing the plunder. You will break the yoke of their slavery and lift heavy burdens from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called as the kids have already declared wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. And so here in the beginning of chapter 9 of Isaiah, he sets up the context for us. And he does by proclaiming that there will come a time when darkness and despair will not go on forever. You see, as you read Isaiah, as you hear his words in chapter 9, hope is on the horizon. And so this paints this picture through contrasting images here in chapter 9 of darkness and light. For Israel, God's chosen people, they have experienced many seasons of great darkness in their history. This gloom referenced here is a carryover from Isaiah 8, where the prophet warned Judah about the coming invasion of Assyria. And it's important for us to recall in this context, in this Christmas in context, for when this prophecy will also come to pass. You see, following the time of Malachi, there was this time that the scriptures record that we often refer to as the silent years. These 400 years from Malachi to Matthew, where no prophets were raised up and where God seemed to be silent. This was a time where God appeared to be distant, to be silent. And for us, sometimes in this Christmas season, in this season of waiting, we feel as well that God seems distant and silent. And so again, we look at the context here in Isaiah of these northern tribes who were first to suffer under the Assyrian invasions. Now, by God's mercy, will be the first to see the light of the coming Messiah. You see, hope is on the horizon. Church, hear me when I say this. We are not a people without great hope. And as we read in this passage in Isaiah, we see that promise fulfilled. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. In this season, how good is it to hold on to those promises of God, knowing that what he said will come to pass? that those promises will be fulfilled. And so now here in verse 3, we experience almost like I want to call it an interlude. This moment where the focus is drawn to this theme of rejoicing. Hard not on a morning like this when these kids come up here and just in such a beautiful and pure way rejoice before us about the excitement of the coming Christ child. 
And we know that this theme of rejoicing saturates the Christmas season and the Christmas story. Just look at Luke 2, 13 to 14. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels. And what did they do? They praised him. They rejoiced and said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. This Christmas season comes with it. A great season of rejoicing. Of worship. And for us sometimes in the crush of consumerism, in the cultural throw of just what this season sometimes feel like it has been made into, we quickly miss the significance of this season. And so when we enter into Isaiah, when we enter into the Christmas story, it helps to reorient ourselves, to shift back the focus into what God had desired and intended from the beginning. And it brings with it, I believe, great cause for rejoicing. Here in verses 4 and 5 of Isaiah's prophecy, we get a glimpse into who is coming. And at first glance, as you read this and as you hear these words, it appears to be quite the Messiah. I don't know if you've noticed the imagery used, but it's that of victory in battle, of strength, of might, of breaking the rod. The buildup here in Isaiah's text is incredible. There is great anticipation for this Messiah, and rightly so. Recall for a moment much of Israel's history, again, years of oppression of ungodly kings, of invading armies and exile. And so it raises us a question this morning. What happens when our expectations don't line up with our reality with our context and it's easy i think when we read through this chapter of isaiah to skip to the good part right verses six and seven but for isaiah in this prophecy he is careful to recall their past to remind them again of what was important and what god did he reminds them of gideon's great victory over midian in judges seven Gideon's victory was a joyous one, wonderfully complete. This is the same as what the Messiah will bring. And why Isaiah is careful to make clear this reference is because as we know through the scriptures, the victory has been won. The victory is complete in Christ these references here to warrior sandals and garments burned in the fire means that the battle is over. This was what the winning army would do to demonstrate that the victory has been won. And we know that the victory has been won, not just of a battle, but over sin, Satan, and death. And that causes us again to come with this posture of rejoicing of celebration, knowing what this Christ child will do and what this Advent season is leading us towards. The battle has been won. There is victory because of Jesus. And then in verses 6 and 7, in earlier as Isaiah speaks of who is coming, he now speaks of how he is coming. And it makes you wonder as you heard these words, as you read this text, 
those who were hearing this prophecy were likely tracking with Isaiah to this point, excited, anticipatory of this coming Messiah, this warrior king. And then in verse 6, we read this. For a child is born to us. And in that moment, do you think that not those who heard just for a moment maybe scratched their heads? This prophesied Messiah, the conquering, victorious, battle-winning Messiah, for a child is born to us. Comes as a child born in a manger. Was this what they expected? Was this what they anticipated? And how often is what we need something we never expected? This Advent season is a season of expectation and anticipation. This is the story of Jesus. And look at the promise of God in who this Messiah will be. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He is the counselor for those who are crushed at Christmas. He is mighty for those who are mislaid. He is the everlasting father who, for those who find themselves fatherless. And he is peace for the prodigals and the persecuted. He is Jesus and he is with us. And so this morning on this fourth Sunday of Advent, we turn our eyes towards what is yet to come. We turn our focus in a few days from now, like Isaiah prophesied, that the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. You see, church, we have hope because light pierced the darkness. We have peace because the battle is won. We have joy because unto us a son was given. And we have love because of Jesus. Just as Israel hoped and longed for this light, we wait, we long for the coming of Jesus once again. Holding fast because he who promised is faithful. That we can hold fast to the promises of God because those do come to fruition. We can trust in him. And so as we trust, as we wait, as we prepare our hearts for Christmas, we declare, oh, come long expected Jesus. Come with joy, with love, with hope, and with peace. I want to invite the worship team forward. Let's pray this morning. Lord God, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, with our hearts anticipating, much like Isaiah prophesied, that you would come, O great Messiah, warrior king, and Prince of Peace. We rejoice this morning because the battle has been won. 
There is victory because of what you accomplished, Jesus. And even as we focus and prepare our hearts to the nativity, to the manger scene, our eyes are already being drawn to the cross for you would accomplish there at Calvary. And we hold fast that you will come, that your promises are true. And we declare that in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen.
Some things you don't learn. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, thank you all for coming out. And before our kids will see our surprise that we have for them, because they've been practicing so hard, and I know they're excited about the, the special treat that we'll have, I first want to say thank you to two special people, because everything that you've seen on here with the kids, that's not me. That's not my gifting. Remember how we've talked about spiritual gifting? Don't ask me to start a song because you'll end this way somewhere instead of going up. So I'm so thankful that we've got people in our church here that love doing this and are excited about this. And I don't have to worry about it, which is the best. So Jen Mackis, come up here and let's give a huge applause. Now, for those that have been part of Westview for years, you know that Jen does a huge production. This year, we said we would like to do something, but we're still kind of post-pandemic, illnesses at schools, you've heard the news. So we decided to do something that is doable, and Jen made it doable. And she's been practicing with our kids every week over the last weeks. Now, I don't want to just say thank you to her, because we've got a great person that helps her as well. So Jessica, come up front. Now, Jessica has been there every single time, too, helping Jen with the kids, being an encouragement with the Reader's Theater for the Great Sixers. She's also one of our Great Five Six leaders. So uh, it's been amazing for both of you to be helping so much. So let's give a big applause to them. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. And uh, we're excited for next year already. Now, before we have the benediction, we'll have a, a prayer, and after that, we have our special treat in our fireside room. Now, I just want to say, this is a special treat, treat I've been planning for our kids. Now, I know our youth, and I know some of our adults will love it too, so I'm going to ask the youth especially, let the kids go first, let the young families go first and then it's all yours, okay? So let's enjoy it all together, and for those that don't like it, there's coffee in the hallway too. So while your kids are having their sweets, you can have a nice uh, cup of coffee and just say hi to everyone. Now, Gary? Excellent, and, and uh, she's referring to a special something or other in the fireside room, so uh, that's where we want the children to go. Uh, thank you, Hanukkah. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jessica and the children. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, I was making a couple notes back there. I'm thinking we need to have children in the worship service once every quarter or so. Uh, I just think they bring a lot of life and uh, everybody seems to, to enjoy uh, spending time with children. Uh, we want to thank you for coming here this morning. Uh, it's been great to uh, be together with you and those on our live stream as well. Uh, we want to remind you that this Saturday, again, we have two services. Uh, come early so you can enjoy some refreshments and some wonderful music in the foyer, 440 and 640. Uh, offering boxes are available near the doors as you exit. And uh, we would welcome, after a time of visiting, 
we would welcome some of you to help us with uh, stacking some chairs. And thank you for serving in this way. Our prayer team is available to you, uh, to your right and my left. And uh, I just encourage you this week, especially as uh, uh, we have passed the peace of Christ, that you guard shalom, that you seek shalom, and that you recognize that that is what the Lord wants in store for you this week is peace.